Blog Talk Radio. Peace and greetings. Welcome, welcome to Here to Inspire Radio. I am your host, Aisha Nicole. Happy to be back on the air for the second show after coming back after being away for a few moments, being away for some time. Um, I'm very happy to be back on the air. Um, just excited and thankful for another day. Um, how is everyone feeling out there this week? Had a couple of technical difficulties trying to get in on this um, platform. However, I am here. I've made it. And I am very grateful that everything is flowing uh, harmoniously thus far. So, it is Wednesday. It is a full moon today as well. So, for those that know or do not know, full moons generally reveal things for us and to us. So, I'm going to reveal some goodies to you today. I'm going to share some good information about business and funding and starting your business. A lot of people started businesses over the last uh, year or so. Some of us have been in business for a long time, but a lot of people... Uh-oh. Okay. A lot of people started their businesses during the pandemic, which was awesome, right? Um, but one of the things is a person that's been in business for over 20 years... Um, and that I honestly wish I would have known about when I first went into business is that there's a lot of funding that's available for us out here that all of us are just not tells about it. We just don't have the information. Um, so this platform is going to help bring some of that information, you know, to the people that really need it the most. Again, I, I, I wish I would have known what what it is I know now regarding business and funding. Um, When I first went into business, if you didn't already have funding for yourself, the next best thing that I knew to do was an SBA loan or to go get some sort of loan funding. And quite honestly, it just wasn't something that resonated with me. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. Um, I didn't want to go into business with debt. This was me. And again, that was over 20 years ago. That was a very long time ago. So things have changed since then. Um, I've learned a lot more since then. You know, what we don't know sometimes can be harmful to us. And um, now I know that there's plenty of funding that's available for business, whether you're a for-profit business or a non-profit business. Um, there's grant funding out here that's available. Uh, scholarships, or not scholarships, but I guess a grant would be like a scholarship for a business inexpensive loans, etc. But there's just lots of options for funding out here that we're not privy to. So, my next guest is a business and empowerment coach. Her name is Dr. Judith Fletcher. She has been in the business for a very long time as well. If I'm not mistaken, well over 10 years. I'll let her tell us a little bit more when I bring her on. But This is what she specializes in, assisting people not only with building their businesses and starting their businesses and legitimizing their businesses, but also with finding funding for the business. A lot of people are great artists or, um, as she turned me on to a term, hobbypreneurs, right? So people that turn something that they love into a business, which is amazing. 
I was I did the same thing with my business. I turned something that I absolutely love into a business, which a lot of people do. The downside of that is sometimes we may not have business experience or know the ins and outs or just how to genuinely legitimize our businesses so that, you know, we're legit. We're not dirty. You know, we can pay our taxes. Our businesses are registered and and things like that, which only opens you up to that many more opportunities when you legitimize your business. Okay? So... I don't want to keep her holding that much longer. I want to bring her in so she can share her expertise. So let's see how I can unmute the line. And I want you all to welcome Dr. Judith Fletcher. Let's see. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, welcome. I can. Thank how are you, you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. And yourself? I'm doing exceptionally well. Thank you so much for agreeing to share your wisdom and expertise with my listening audience. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited and I can't wait to begin. There's so much I'd love to share with your listening audience. Awesome. Well, first of all, can you just start out just telling us a little bit about your background, how you got into this business, and exactly what you do? Sure. So my name is Dr. Judith Fletcher. And I am the owner and founder of Jewel's Coaching and Consulting Services. I also have a nonprofit, Jewel's Family Success Center. So um, my background is I've worked in the government agency uh, for probably close to 10 years before getting into grant writing. And um, I learned about grant writing by working with a nonprofit who used to just kind of throw me out there to attend different meetings. And um, lo and behold, they started talking about funding. I was like, oh, this is really intriguing. I got into just, you know, hands-on. Um, I started doing grant writing hands-on with the agency and later on decided to, you know, get the proper certification and training to do it um, more on a professional level. So that was back in two, probably 2004. So I've been doing oh, grant writing. I'm a certified grant writer. Thank you. I've been working um, with nonprofits for so many years when it came to grant writing. And then, lo and behold, I would have different for-profit agencies reach out to me about helping them identify funding opportunities. Well, as you Thank mentioned, you. when it came to funding for for-profits, that wasn't something that really exists outside of the traditional business loans. Well, thank you for COVID. <laughs> the pandemic um, opened a new stream of revenue and income for and support for um, for-profit businesses. So all of a sudden, there was all this money that's been dumped out into the world for um, small businesses, large businesses, um, hobbypreneurs that were looking to become entrepreneurs because they couldn't do hair because the, the pandemic shut down several businesses. So they had to kind of keep afloat by tapping into some other resources. And so that's how I got into what I'm doing now, which is pretty much helping to turn hobbypreneurs into entrepreneurs, helping them to really legitimize their businesses and really take it serious and grow it to where they can eventually, hopefully, leave it as a legacy for their um, family, their children, their loved ones, um, or even sell it off. Yes, I love the word that you use, legacy. Um, 
because I, I see that happen in certain families, you know, certain cultures are, are really good at that and establishing businesses and being able to pass that business down and leave a legacy for their families. Um, and I personally haven't experienced a lot of that with people that I know or within my own family or bloodline. So I'm happy you chose to use the word legacy because I think something that's important while we're out creating jobs or looking for work and things like that, often you might be able to create something for your family, you know, that your family could continue. But I don't want to digress too much on legacy. I just got excited when you use the word. And I agree, COVID has been brought many blessings with it in addition to the changes it's brought in the world. And I'm happy that funding and grants is one of them. So um, to obtain, first of all, can you let people know that for those who just don't, the difference between a grant and a loan? Sure. So the difference between a grant and a loan, a loan is a liability. It is a debt. Um, you decided to go and acquire this money. You borrowed this money from this bank or non-traditional funding source or even from a family member. That's what a loan is. That's money that you have to pay back. A grant, okay. on the other hand, is money that does not have to be paid back. Oftentimes, the grant will have certain stipulations. So let's say you decided to apply for a grant to um, advertise your business. Then, yes, they're going to want you to do your due diligence to show that you utilize the money to cover marketing and advertising and so on and so forth. You're able to show that documentation. And once you're able to do that, that money is yours to keep. It does not have to be paid back. But with the loan, of course, there are certain interest rates, and they have to be paid back. And do you have to be a woman-owned or minority-owned business to qualify for these grants, or are there varying types of grants that are available out here? So, yes, there are varying types of grants. Um, right now, I know last year with so much being brought to light, not because it was just happening, it's just that it was more brought to the forefront when it came to dealing with um, Black Lives Matter movement. So there mm -hmm. were a lot of funding that was really just thrown into the communities that were primarily of um, black and brown residents and business owners that were black and brown because of the fact that many companies wanted to be seen as inclusive and supportive of black, mm -hmm. um, black Lives Matters and black communities. So, yeah, there were a lot of funding, especially last year, that was out there. When you think of Facebook, you think of, um, uh, what was it, Amazon. So many of these companies primarily had funding opportunities for black-owned businesses or minority-owned businesses. Now, that's not to say those are the only grant funding that's out there. There are several grant funding opportunities that are out there that's not just for um, black-owned businesses or women-owned businesses. There are other funding sources that are out there for individuals who have restaurants, individuals who have um, clothing stores or boutiques or um, sell products online. So it varies from um, funder to funder. Okay. Now, for a person that, say, is um, already in business, right? They've been in business for some time, um, but they could use some additional funding to help expand or they want to move or grow the business. What does that individual need to have in place um, to obtain some of this funding? 
That's a great question. Or does it vary? Some of the things, okay. it, it, it does vary, but um, more importantly, there are certain things that every organization really needs to have in place before approaching a funder. One is making sure that you're still not operating as a hobbypreneur, um, making sure that your business is registered. You're, you're registered within the state that you're doing business. Um, you have and your when you EIN say registered, just for clarification, I'm sorry to cut you off, honey. You yeah. mean have a registered business as in a business license or register with the Chamber of Commerce? When you say register, what do you mean? So when I say register, it doesn't necessarily have to be because some companies, it, they're not required to have business licenses. So it all depends on the industry that they're in. But when I mean register, like contacting, going on to the Secretary of State within the state that you're in and letting them know that you wish to establish a LLC, um, which is a limited, limited liability corporation, or you're hoping to establish a corporation, whether C-Corp or S-Corp, within that state in order to do business. And the other thing would be to obtain a tax ID number, or EIN, which is an employer identification number. That's given for free by IRS. You just have to apply, let them know what type of business you have, whether it is a LLC, a for-profit corporation, a non-profit corporation. It all depends on your business structure. Um, the next thing okay. you want to do is obtain a business account. Um, and also start establishing certain things regarding your business, like a business telephone number, business email address, just ways for you to kind of differentiate between you and the business that you're looking to grow. Awesome. And is this something that people that are sole proprietors say, I'm just one person and I, I make scarves, and I started a scarf business, scarf business on Instagram, so I haven't formed an LLC or S-Corp or anything like that. Hey, I don't even know what they are. I'm just hypothetically speaking. Um, does that individual need to have an LLC in order to apply for grants? Or does it, does it just look better? Or can sole proprietors also apply with their social? So some funders will allow you to apply as a sole proprietor. It all depends on what the stipulations are for the application. They'll let you know these are the criteria for applying. Um, this is the way to determine whether or not you're eligible. Some cases, yes, you can apply that way. Um, what most sole proprietors have done is instead of using their social security number, they have still proceeded with obtaining a tax ID number to really just operate the business on a different number versus their social security number. Okay. So even if they are a sole proprietor and haven't decided to form a legal LLC or anything like that, they can at least get a tax ID number. That's correct. And you would recommend that? Yes. I would. I definitely would. It's really important, especially if your goal is to um, eventually go into having a full-fledged business, have those things in place. Now, if you're not okay. sure whether or not you want to do a um, full-on LLC corporate, uh, or a C-Corp or S-Corp, speak with an accountant and look to see which one has the best tax benefits for you. Um, okay. So, for example, when you think of LLC, um, you're able to file that through using a profit and loss, which is Schedule C, with your personal taxes. So even if you're running a home-based business, an online boutique, you can still claim that on your taxes so it's not going through any extra um, steps 
And so the same tax preparer that you go to, you know, J&M Tax Services can do a profit and loss sheet and include it with your regular 1099, uh, I'm sorry, 1099, but your 1040 tax return. Now, if you're doing okay. a corporation, you may want to work with a CPA and have them to separate them and do business taxes as well as a separate personal tax for you. Okay. And are these, is this also a service that you provide? Like, do you support people um, with, like, incorporating or just legitimizing their businesses? Yes, I do. I help you with not only taking that vision that you had of someday beginning or starting a business, I help you to just go through the different stages, identifying, you know, which route you want to go in. I help you to get it registered and, you know, go through the necessary steps because most of my clients also want to establish business credit. So that way they're not really doing everything on their personal credit. So they're able to, you know, um, purchase merchandise to begin growing their business on their business uh, name and business uh, tax ID number, not on their social security number. So we do all of that too. I work with them from that phase of just the idea of having a business through establishing it, growing it, and identifying funding sources, and even helping them to manage it. Wonderful. And I also, um, for those that didn't know that are uh, using their business and using their own personal credit, we often are penalized when our utilization goes too high. Um, but not it's not the same with, with your business credit. So it is actually beneficial to have been a business credit as opposed to using your personal credit for everything that it is that you're going to be doing as well. I just wanted to throw that little piece out there because I learned that late, later in business about that. Like, I thought it was all the same. But I'm not penalized when I use a business credit card in terms of losing uh, my score going down for the utilization. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, which I find makes it makes it that much more appealing. And then once you establish business credit, you can start to establish and purchase bigger items for your business, you know, like your building or lease your vehicles or your equipment or whatever, depending on your business that you're in. So I know it's definitely very beneficial to establish business credit for yourself. Definitely. So this and most people think that they should. I'm sorry. Forgive me, I apologize. I think we have a slight delay, so go ahead. No, I realize that too. I do apologize. I just wanted to say something really, really quick. Um, I think a lot of people also feel that, oh, you know, I don't have the best personal credit, so I don't want to bother with my business credit. And, you know, Mm -hmm. just to kind of put people at ease, many times when you're building your business credit, you don't have to have it tied to your personal credit. That's the whole point Mm -hmm. of building business credit. Mm Mm-hmm. I was actually just going to mention, that was what I was about to ask about was for people that are unsure or uncomfortable because their personal credit may have taken a hit, um, do they they need to do a personal guarantee in all cases to obtain business credit? Um, Not in most cases. Um, Most cases, especially with some of the the beginning type of uh, lenders, which are like some of the store credit cards, some gas cards. Many of those companies, they don't require you to be a guarantor. And so one of the things that I encourage my clients to do is to freeze their personal credit before applying because, of course, they're going to want to see whether or not, 
your business credit, your personal credit can be used as a guarantor. But if it's frozen, then they don't have access to it. Even if they ask you for your social security number on that application, because your credit mm-hmm. report is frozen, they won't have access to it. But in order to begin establishing business credit, you need to first, you know, obtain a Duns and Bradstreet number, which is free. Um, and that's kind of like the start of the building the credit profile and then go from there. And when you say freeze your credit, do you mean actually going into Experian or Equifax and um, locking your credit report so people can't just access it? That's correct. Yes. Okay. Well, that's good information to know. I didn't realize that people could, um, you could freeze it and even though it's written down that they wouldn't be able to pull it. I won't. At all, so that's most cases they'll try to do. They'll try to do a soft pull, but when it's um, frozen, they won't be able to do that hard inquiry, which will virtually affect your personal credit score. Right, you drop the numbers down. Okay, well that's great news. Well, for the for the grant, is that often is your personal credit a factor when um, applying for grants? Not at all. Not at all. Um, normally, they don't ask you. I honestly have not seen a grant that asks for your Social Security number. The only thing that they typically ask for is information regarding your business. Um, also, what do you plan to use the money for? How will you use it? Um, you know, what inspired you to start the business? Who do you serve? So those are the typical questions that they will ask you when it comes to the funding opportunities that are out there. But Okay. No cases have I've come across that will ask you for your personal credit information. Awesome. Okay, well, down to the good, yummy, chunky stuff. Um, do you have, like, one or two grants that you could recommend to people or that you're open to sharing? Um, yes, there are a couple. I'm not sh- Yes, there is, um, for example... When you mentioned um, individuals making scarves, as an example, I thought of um, the Alabama um, grant opportunity, which they're giving up to $10,000 on their website for anyone who has a product that they consider innovative and they're looking to get it into the market. So that's Mm $10,000 cash grant money that you don't have to pay back, and it's for online entrepreneurs, those that have boutiques and Alabama is A-L-B-A-B-A dot com. So like I said, it's $10,000 of free money to really go in there and, you know, tap into that. There are a couple of other ones. Um, I believe the NAACP has a um, $25,000 um, grant for black-owned businesses that um, that work to empower, empower the community. So it's called the Power Forward Small Business Grant. It's $25,000. I say go and take advantage of um, of that opportunity. And, you know, there's just a few off the top of my head to kind of share. Okay, and is there generally, um, for example, I remember going to college. I applied for a bunch of scholarships. So I wrote up a basic template that I just mailed to everybody. <laughs> Back when they had those scholarship books in the library, I don't even think they have those anymore but um i just mailed mailed those letters out to everybody that you know had something that a criteria that looked like i could apply for and went that route is there a template 
generally that people use or is it just basically fill out the application and go for it? Well, there isn't a template that I know of. Um, there, let me take that right back. There are templates out there that maybe someone have created and posted. So definitely Google may be your friend as far as looking for one that you probably, you know, may be able to use. Now, what I've okay. done is, as a grant writer, I have created templates for for-profit as well as non-profit grants to kind of guide the um, business owners in the direction of some of the questions and how to prepare to answer the standard questions that most of these funders are asking for for-profit grants as well as the type okay. of questions that they ask for non-profit grants. Okay. So... Um that is something, that's not necessarily something that they would need to contact a grant writer for. These for-profit, these for-profit grants, do you necessarily need a grant writer? Oh, you don't, because with the for-profit grants, they're asking you questions about you, about your passion, your heart. Um, unless you're not the best when it comes to words and expressing yourself and maybe putting together a 250-word response, which is typically what each response um, uh, limit is, where they'll probably ask you in 250 words or less, please tell us who do you serve, how do you serve them, who's your target audience. And you may find like three or four questions that ask for up to 250 words, and it's around that same style of questioning. So, no, you really don't need a grant writer because it's really you pouring out your heart. Some of them may even ask you for a video to just tell them what would this grant mean to you. So, no, you don't necessarily need a grant writer. It helps um, if you're not confident about going after the funding source yourself. Maybe the first go around, I've had some clients that's like, okay, at least help me get started. Help me get the foundation laid properly. And then from there... Once they have that template, they've filled it out, they've gotten a couple of funding sources approved, they take it, they copy, they paste, and they reapply for new grants. Wonderful. Now, who would need a grant writer? Like, what type of business, um, because I know that's a service that you provide, you do grant writing. So for those that don't quite know or understand what that means, um, are you writing up a solicitation for a grant, or can you just give a little bit of insight on what exactly a grant writer does? So most um, most grant writers traditionally work with nonprofit organizations, and so what we've done with nonprofits in the past before the pandemic was really taking the vision of the founder and the organization and um, showing why this organization needed the funding to reach the community, to, you know, feed the children that were in need, help get kids off the street, help the elderly. And so we, as a grant writer, we would help with, like, the research. We would get, gather all the data to support the mission, the vision of the organization, as well as the goals of the organization. So that's what a grant writer would typically do because sometimes those funding um, applications, which is the RFP, you may hear people say, oh, you know, we need you to complete this RFP. It's a request for proposal. And that proposal can be 50 pages. So most agencies, they're like, yeah, we don't even know where to begin with the 50 pages after we've given you our name, address, telephone number, email address, and our information from our brochure. That's pretty much it. 
what we do is we help you to identify the program model, how you plan to deliver the services, and then we tell the story. We create the story based on the information you provide, and then we elaborate further, provide supporting documentation, statistics, and things of that nature to strengthen that proposal. And this is not, this is primarily for for, uh, nonprofits, but you also can do this for for for-profits in the event that it's necessary. Exactly. So with most for-profit grants, they're not really asking for a lot of statistics. Um, They really just want to know how you plan to deliver. So if if you have a for-profit organization where you work with women to help them, uh, you're selling clothes, for example, they want to know what would it mean to you to have your store open, to be able to have that storefront where people can come and visit, and what would it mean to the community. So for you in, in that verbiage, you may give a response along the line of, you'll be able to hire people within the community to help keep the store open, but at the same time helping to put food on a table, keeping this individual from having to turn to unemployment, which then helps to reduce the the, um, financial deficit that the country is in. So, you know, those are some of the things that they look for. So it won't be more of all this um, statistics and data and all this other document that you would need to put in to strengthen the proposal. Okay. Well, um, we're kind of winding down to our last few moments here, but I do want you to share, um, in addition to your information, just what other services that you may be able to provide some of our listeners with. You know, we know that you can assist with grant writing and finding grant opportunities, but as it pertains to just um, helping out with your business or legitimizing, can you just share a little bit more about your services you offer? Um, in addition to all of that, I do work with women that are looking to start over in life. So whether it is someone who was once married or still married and they kind of feel like they've lost their identity. So I provide coaching to those individuals, that single mom who is really striving to get back on her feet, either it's starting a new career or even, you know, trying to balance the nine to five as well as starting that business that you've always wanted to start before you became that wife, before you became that mom, before you became that caregiver for an elderly parent. So almost coaching services too, like life coaching almost, but specifically for business. Yeah, so I do business coaching as well as um, personal coaching for primarily, like I said, women, but uh, mainly single moms. Okay. I love that your demographic is specifically single moms. That's, that's a, a big population. It's a big group, and a lot of women um, have great ideas but just don't know how to find the balance. So I'm grateful that you're doing that. And I'm also grateful to announce that I will be hosting a virtual workshop with Dr. Fletcher here on the line that we're going to be doing in December. So please make sure you're on the email list if you're not already at AishaNicole.com. I'm going to have Dr. Fletcher share her info as well as make sure that it's tagged at the bottom of um, this podcast so you'll have no problems finding her and finding us on December 11th when we host this virtual workshop together. I'm very excited about it. So, uh, so do you see my gender details? Yeah, so um, my website is jewelscoachingservices.com, and that is Jules, J-E-W-E-L-S, as in Sam, coachingservices.com. 
And my email address is my name. It's info, I-N-F-O, at judithfletcher.com. So that's I-N-F-O, J-U-D-I-T-H, F-L-E-T-C-H-E-R.com. You can find me on the different social media platforms at Jewels Coaching for Instagram and Twitter or Jewels Coaching Services on Facebook. Awesome. Well, you've been an exceptional guest today. I thank you for all the information that you shared. I pray that it's been helpful to some of our listeners out there. And I'm just excited about um, moving forward in the future and about 2022 and all of the great businesses and new single moms that we're going to have starting their businesses in 2022. I'm very excited about that. I'm grateful that you're here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning in. And we will talk to you next time, Dr. Fletcher. Please come back okay. again. Bye-bye. All right, talk to you soon. So, everyone, thank you again for tuning in today. That was um, a lot of information. I hope you were able to jot some notes down and get some inspiration, even if you haven't started your business yet and you're still um, thinking about it or you've been daydreaming about it. Um, you know, these are special times that we're in, and if it hasn't shown us anything. I think it really should have hopefully reflected and how important it is to just go for it and live your dreams and do what it is that you desire and do it now because tomorrow's not promised. So if you need some support, reach out. Reach out, obtain some support. Um, I'm logging off now because the session has ended and I don't believe it's recording anymore. Thank you for tuning in. You have a great day or evening. Please like and share this episode with anyone you think may benefit. Peace.